Welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders across our communities and councils to discuss business challenges, opportunities, and strategies for success. All right, so I love historical fiction and books about historical fiction and the Middle Ages in particular have always been particularly fascinating for me. And one of the series that I've really enjoyed is Ken Follett's series that started with the Pillars of the Earth. And the Pillars of the Earth, uh, a large part of it deals with <clears throat> building of these beautiful ornate cathedrals with their flying buttresses and amazing architecture and just describing the technical skills required and the processes involved in building things like that. Another story that's in there that was amazing to me was they had to build a bridge kind of connecting two big pieces of land and it was over a raging river and how they figured out how to get uh, pillars built to support these bridges and concrete to cure and all that in, a, in the middle of a, a raging waterway. It's just fascinating to me. And a part of that for these tra tradesmen and craftsmen back in the day were apprenticeships. It was a big part of how they got things done was having these you know, young people that come up as apprentices and learn the, the trades and the crafts. And that's how they kind of made their way in the industry, if you will. Now in those days, an apprenticeship would start you know, when a, a person was 10 or 12 years old and usually their parents would sign an indenture agreement with a craftsman and then ship them off to live. And, and the, the craftsmen would get labor from these apprentices, and I think like a stonemason or a blacksmith or a carpenter in exchange for training and for meals and for lodging. And this would last until they were you know, 21 years old and they had kind of graduated into the trade and started to earn a paycheck on their own. So very, very fascinating. And a, an interesting little tidbit here that I learned as I was kind of researching this is the word indenture itself refers to the practice of putting uh, two copies of a contract together, two pieces of paper mm -hmm. flat together and then tearing or indenting notches in both copies uh, of that apprenticeship, apprenticeship agreement so that they are identical tears. And then you give one to each party and that way the, um, you know, couldn't be changed unilaterally. They couldn't it was early the blockchain. I was yeah. going to say, yes. <laughs> <laughs> blockchain yeah. before oh, you had I that know. idea. I thought I would have done that with blockchain, but yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, um, it's very much you know, an early use of blockchain. So yeah, that's great. So my name is Gary Bixler. I am the Vice President of Global Member Communities here at CompTIA, and this is your BizTech podcast brought to you as always by our CompTIA communities. And I want to say to start, if you're not a member already of one of our CompTIA communities, we'd love to have you join us. You can learn more at connect.comptia.org. Now, typically, I'm only doing the intro for one of these podcasts and then handing off to one of our community leaders. But today, I get the privilege of leading the discussion myself, and I'm really looking forward to it. So let's dive in. Now, we've come a long way since those medieval times, and the needs for skilled craftsmen have you know, evolved from stonemasons building cathedrals, although we still need those skills and appreciate those skills, but they've evolved to kind of more modern trades and now things like managing our tech infrastructure and building cloud business applications and implementing cybersecurity strategies. So as we, you know, the other thing that's kind of comes into play here is, is we changed our view recently in particular of kind of the path that a young person would take 
to get into these technical workforces and the realization that maybe the traditional four-year college, you know, with crippling student loans may not be the best path for everyone. And so the interest in things like apprenticeships or internships is really starting to grow. And for us, uh, it's interesting to note that as we're discussing this, April is National Internship Awareness Month. So to help us better understand and explore this growing opportunity, I'd like to welcome in two very special guests for our discussion today. Uh, the first one I'll introduce is Amy Cardell. Amy is Vice President of our Strategic Workforce Relationships at CompTIA. Say hello, Amy. Hi, nice to be here. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Great, great to have you. And then we also are very fortunate to have Charles Eaton. Charles is the CEO of our Creating IT Futures organization and Executive Vice President of Social Innovation at CompTIA. Charles, welcome in. Thanks, Gary. All right, so to get us started, I started thinking about, you know, wow, did, did I actually have an internship as I was coming up? You know, I started my career as an engineer and I actually had to dust off the memories a little bit, but I actually did serve as an intern for one semester for a, a defense contractor here in Austin, Texas, where I'm sitting today. And honestly, the most interesting thing I can remember about that is I got to play with this really high powered computer system that had this CAD program on it that you could just infinitely, it seemed, kind of draw smaller and smaller things and then zoom in. You could draw like whole worlds and kind of build these. And it just was fascinating for me. And it got me really interested in uh, computer systems and software, which, you know, probably played a key role in my journey, which ended up kind of taking me down the, the software development and computer science path. So that was my experience. Charles, Amy, you know, what were your experiences as you kind of started your journeys? Um, well, I'll, I'll take it at first, Amy. Um, yeah, I, I was lucky when I was a, a kid, we lived overseas. My dad was a diplomat. And so I got started working uh, at 13, which in the US, I wouldn't have had probably the same kind of opportunity. So I don't think of exactly internships. I was working in mail rooms in embassies, um, but it got me that flavor. And I think this was so important about internships. It gives you the flavor of what it's like to actually work, what it's like to show up every day, be responsible to other people and accountable. And uh, I got to meet uh, uh, Secretary of State at the time uh, when he came by. Uh, we were in Malaysia and he visited, right? So it gives you a sense of, of, of some level of importance, even though I was the lowest rung of the lowest rung inside right. the embassy. Um, yeah. And then in, when I ended up getting you know, into college, I had to do work study you know, as part of my financial aid package. And I'd say that was a, a, like an internship, uh, but boy, did, it, it did the opposite of what you want most internships to do. And I think the data says that when, when college kids have an internship, they often end up working for the company or at least in that field is highly likely. Right. Uh, I worked in the English department at my university and, uh, you know, administrative. And I thought I wanted to be an English professor, right? I thought that's going into college. That seemed like a great thing. Then I saw the politics, uh, how hard it was to find new things to write about in this field, um, especially in critical literary theory. And it, it you know, it, it just kind of made me think, you know what, I'm going to go out into the business world and, and see what I can do in that after I graduate. So that, that was my experience yeah. with, uh, you know, semi-internships, but yeah. work opportunity when I was young. And I think that's really Good what this you. is about. Yeah. Speaking of indentured servitude, you started young. <laughs> I did, but I earned money, right? And, and it, it was just a nice thing to have a little bit of pocket money. Uh, I actually started my own business in high school because I couldn't work in the embassy or the consulate in Hong Kong. And uh, so I started my own business and that's how I was able to make money uh, all through high school. Great. That's 
Great. What a great start. Amy, what about you? What's your story? So I was really motivated to get a job because I always wanted to buy like a camera, you know, or um, uh, take lessons in something. And my parents were sort of like, if you can earn it, you can do it. Right. So I started uh, actually at Burger King when I was 14 because my friend's dad owned it and I was too young to really work there, but I think they made an exception back in the eighties. It was no big deal. It was all so, loose in the eighties. No one cared. Yeah, right? Nobody cared. And I seemed like a good kid. So that was fine. And so I really, I still to this day know what order to put all the condiments on a hamburger really well. And there's totally logic behind it. So that's a secret skill I gained in that. But then as soon as I could get something more relevant to building my college applications, I thought, okay, yeah, I've got to figure out what I'm going to do. So um, I really thought I would go to law school. So I worked for an attorney as um, uh, part-time as a clerk all through high school and got to, you know, take documents uh, over to the courthouse when you still physically had to do that and right. make a lot of copies. Um, yeah. You know, and that, that, that joke about making copies is totally my, my truth. And just, but I got to see what it was like. And part of it, I really liked, and part of it actually kept me from going to law school right away after college. So um, I did have formal internships through um, school. I was a work study student in a library um, during college, but then I interned at a Swiss bank uh, one summer. I got a way to set that up, which was great because it combined my like of my love of travel and my languages thing. And so that was interesting, but that was really making copies in Swiss German. So that wasn't terribly interesting. Honestly, I, I think I got to see inside of a big office, but my real meaningful internship came with Siemens in um, AG in Germany. I um, was what they called a student trainee. They have a different category. It's not apprentice and it's not intern. And that was one where they really had a curriculum and they rotated you through the departments and you got to see how the company worked. And um, the thing I remember most about that is the absolutely amazing cafeteria right on Wittelsbacher Platz in beautiful downtown nice. um, Munich. And I still to this day can't believe how lovely that cafeteria was. But I, I got to see international HR and um, really a I did learn something from that. So it's, it, it's interesting when companies invest and give you a curriculum versus just kind of turning you loose to make copies. I think there's a big difference. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So you guys both had you know, really interesting international uh, flavors to your early, early work history. That's great. That's fantastic. So one of the things I wanted to kind of explore here early on is, you know, the little story I started with that talked about kind of the pillars of the earth and the apprenticeships and things. Obviously, back then, you know, they, that was kind of the terminology and the, the structure of these agreements was around apprenticeships, but it's National Internship Week. And so I think for a lot of people, those things are kind of interchangeable and sound the same. But Amy, I wanted to ask you, you know, is there a difference? Is apprenticeships, internships, what, you know, what is the difference? Yeah, neither of those are trademarked. And they're also, you know, used really loosely. So I think it's a really important question to stop and ask yourself. And, a, and people use those words uh, loosely and, and, and not in the same way. But the key difference is, let's say, uh, you know, I'm here in California and it's, um, we have wineries here and they're beautiful and a lot of them need little summer help and, and something in the office or in the field and they might offer an internship. They might say, you know, we want student to come for a few months, uh, learn something, do something for us. And um, that would be an internship. Uh, in California now, internships have to be paid that very state to state. Um, and that's because of, of course, we want to protect 
um, with insurance and all those things if someone's on the job site. So that makes a lot of sense. But an internship isn't defined by anybody other than the employer and the intern to be an, a, a learning experience. And they're so valuable because you might be able to take a look at an industry. You might be able to do something there um, and, and have a short-term uh, exposure to something. Now, an apprenticeship at a winery would look totally different. Um, apprenticeship is also a term that's used uh Loosely, sometimes people call it an apprenticeship, but you want to ask yourself, is it a registered apprenticeship? And if it's a registered apprenticeship, it's a curriculum or a work process schedule in Department of Labor speak that has been registered and approved that talks about what the training will be so that there's actually a third party buying into that to say, hey, yeah, you know what? We're going to sign you up to learn this occupation, say a winemaker. Uh, it's going to follow these uh, hours of training in, in employability skills or soft skills, and these uh, hours of training and certifications may be recognized by the industry. Um, and then at the end of that, you will graduate from your apprenticeship and it's a minimum of one year. Most of them are a little bit longer and you would have a certificate of completion. And that would then prove to the next employer, hey, you actually know something and you followed this kind of approved curriculum. That's what an apprenticeship is when it's registered. Okay, so Charles mentioned, you know, that, that most interns or many times interns will intern for a company and then go to work for them. Is there a difference between internships and apprenticeship in terms of the expectation that that person would continue to work for that company as in a real job, so to speak? Yeah, so there absolutely is the expectation that somebody would continue. And I think that is really proven out in apprenticeship. The statistics show that folks not only stay on, they stay longer on, and they have sort of a you know, it's that law of reciprocity. If I invest in you with training and you invest in me, then together we're stronger. So um, I'm, I, we see that play out a lot and the, and the data shows that. So um, there's no obligation. An, an apprentice is just another type of hire. It's a trainee hire with a hiring plan. So um, of course, folks are folks and they're going to change their minds and um, could happen on either, send, either side of the employment um, fence. But uh, the, the concept is you're investing in growing your skilled workforce. Awesome. Well, thank you. So, so Charles, you know, thinking about this from the workforce perspective, you know, what are the benefits of having programs like this, be they internships or apprenticeships? What's the benefit to the workforce? It's, it's a big one in tech because, you know, and anyone listening to this will, will understand, I'm sure, and I've heard this, is that, yeah, we want to hire entry-level people, but entry-level in tech often means one, two years of experience. And so how does that person get that experience? And, you know, there are some uh, industries, some systems where, yeah, it's a pretty well understood. Like when I came out of college, I was hired by a, a department store chain uh, to be a buyer. They had a long training process um, and, and, you know, I think it gotten shorter, but you used to have to go to a store. You had all these things that were well understood that they're going to do. In tech, it's a lot about, okay, what do you know? Are you ready for this job? Here's all the things you have to do. And so I think uh, employers are less likely to hire entry-level people um, who truly have no experience. So we've got to bridge that gap. And it's especially important when we're trying to create diversity because a lot of people are going through training programs now who are people of color who are women, right? We're seeing a large numbers, some of our, our good partners and including our own programs, we're seeing you know, uh, more people of color than not in these programs. So where are they going to get this experience, right? We're training from the beginning. And that's where we see these internships and apprenticeships as that way of saying, I, look, I have a certification. I can prove I know something. Let me show you I can do it. 
And it's the try before you buy concept or the, as, as Amy said, really is this commitment to someone's training when they're apprenticed, you're expecting that they aren't going to move as fast. Um, but in tech, apprenticeships are going to be very quick as Amy will, will talk about soon here. Yeah, that's great. And so specifically for someone that's looking for, you know, to gain a CompTIA certification, for instance, this is going to be valuable for them and that kind of journey to kind of achieve that certification to get kind of that hands-on, you know, experience mm -hmm. and approach as opposed to just sitting in a dark room with a book. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to know. I, so, you know, a while back when we created the IT ready uh, training program, right. For people who are out of work, um, you know, I wanted to take a plus, right. So I'm not an IT person in, in that sense. I work in the industry. I'm adjacent in, in that sense. Uh, so I studied for a plus and, you know, I, I did read the books. I did all the flashcards I could on my phone and I was able to pass, I think barely. And, Boy, I just knew uh, at that point, I didn't even own a Windows machine. I had only uh, Macs. You so were I had a to go out and buy one. A plus. You were a paper Yeah, really. Plus. Right. <laughs> and uh, I had to go and find, you know, get a, get a PC because like, the, none of these things I was working on and learning were actually, yeah, I could, you know, the terminology wasn't in there. So I, I think it makes such a difference when someone's on the job and is getting just a little bit like, oh, oh, this is what Active Directory actually does. I understand yep. this. Uh, I understand why I'm, you know, setting up these permissions and, you know, all those things that just as many labs as you can do. And boy, I can tell you the CompTIA labs that, that we're, uh, we have now are so great, right? Light years beyond what was out there uh, a number of years ago. So, um, you know, but still there's no, no, uh, no exchanging uh, some hands-on experience uh, in that sense. Absolutely. Uh, I totally agree with you there. Uh, so Amy, Talk to us about kind of CompTIA's view and approach towards apprenticeships. What does that look like? Well, we've made a big commitment and are moving strongly towards growing that. And this is really timely because we're launching this month in April with a registered apprenticeship information through the U.S. Department of Labor. So I'm super excited about that. And the reason we're doing it is probably even more important. You know, a lot of folks in industry who own companies turn to CompTIA for workforce solutions. And that's where we get to know CompTIA first through our certification pathways. And that's how I got to know CompTIA first. Building our MSP was based on this growth plan that was based on CompTIA certifications. And so these pathways are something we talk about a lot. And we, of course, have the Academy doing that as well. Um, and the workforce need is real. There's a lot of companies that are hampered in their growth because they can't find the talent they need. And you know, we've all tried to hire from community colleges and um, some folks hire from IT ready, but what if it goes further than that? Because that only goes through the A plus, what if we want to get into the next level of certification? So a real solution to that, that can do it with equity because the friction of education and employer um, are missing because we, we join the two as apprenticeship, you know, go straight from education that's right. combined with the job. So uh, an apprentice is hired and trained at the same time is apprenticeship. So we are launching this month um, CompTIA Apprenticeship for Tech program. And we have three pathways that have already been approved by the U.S. Department of Labor. So that's desktop support, cyber security, and network technician. And we're coming next with our project 
IT project management certification um, pathway, and those are registered occupations. Now, what we've done is become a national guideline standard. So those are registered. You can pick those up and we're sharing them open source style across the country. Employers can run with those, community colleges can run with those, nonprofits can run with those to create a curriculum for those pathways. And those are the three most in demand pathways. And they can tweak them. We can flex, be flexible, you know, 20% with the curriculum, but it's already approved as a pathway. And then we're saying, these are the competencies you need. That's that work process schedule I talked about. That's the plan. Right. And um, we're providing implementation support so they can register their program really easily and um, create this program to create their own workforce. I've done that in my own company. I'm real passionate about it. We have six apprentices that I've personally hired and grown in a small MSP of just 24 people. Over the last three years, we've had six and it's been a fantastic um, earn, learn, and grow opportunity that can attract a different um, technician. Um, and because obviously it, going to school for four years to retool yourself, especially in the middle of a pandemic and all the disruption we've yeah. had is just not a great option. So this workforce pathway um, is proven and there's been pockets of success of it, with it, but the Department of Labor has charged us with this contract to expand it. So we're real eager to talk to any company who wants to look at this as investing in, in their services. And we can partner different organizations together to, to make a cohort and pool them together if they're smaller, or we can build something inside a company if they're bigger too. What a great way to grow your team. I mean, honestly, that's just, that's fantastic. So if, if you're an individual out there that's kind of looking for this path, how would a, an individual find and, and, you know, get into an apprenticeship? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have kids in that age of college and okay. high school. And so of course their friends all ask the same question and I send them to apprenticeship.gov. That's apprenticeship.gov. And that's the US Department of Labor website that lists all sorts of apprenticeships. You can see, you know, if you're interested in that winery job I was talking about, there's probably something for you there too. But I'm recruiting you to tech, right? So we're going to have you come to our CompTIA website where we'll have information soon. We're focusing on building out the program side, but we're also taking names of students and connecting those. So there's a at CompTIA. Dot org under training there's um launching in the middle of the month there'll be an apprenticeship drop down as well and you can get information there for on the program if you're an employer and there'll be an interest form for you to fill in and there's also a place if you're an apprentice for more information um, we really want to connect those two sides of the house um, there's programs in lots of places um, yeah. and it's a lot more efficient pathway to a job for an apprentice than, than a four-year degree in so many ways but the key thing is really the ROI for the employer because it starts with a job and if it doesn't make sense for the business um, you know that's not going to be a long-term sustainable solution and it does so people can get more information about that there too. Right very good and we're recording this uh, the first week of April but it'll be you know, a few weeks from now before people are actually listening to this. So as they're listening, that information will probably already be up on that. Yeah. On, on CompTIA.org. So go look for that under that training section. So we need to wrap this up, but uh, Charles, any kind of closing thoughts on this topic as we, as we leave from you? I, I think the biggest one is that, um, you know, companies really should be thinking more about this. You know, uh, Amy and I have had sort of a passion around this and I give her all the credit in the world. I probably would have backed off at some point. This is, this is hard work developing apprenticeships and convincing companies that this is the right path. Um, but, you know, she's living this every day. And like she said in her company before joining us, she was doing this. 
and they still are. And I think, you know, the benefits she saw or the benefits companies will see, they just have to give it a shot. Just listen a little bit. Um, you know, Amy has made it so easy. It's not some complicated thing with, with so much paperwork, right? We're trying to streamline this and, and be an intermediary to get this happening in a way that a company says, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. You know, there's some some wage issues that are very positive for companies, right? In in terms of when someone's during the apprenticeship, so there's some benefits there. Uh, I just I want to see this happen in IT because you know, again, the trades have owned that concept for so long, but uh, there's so much of a trade like experience working in tech that you know we can translate because it's step definitely steps right that's what people don't know it's like oh i'm gonna get stuck at desktop support it's like no you're networking security uh you know servers devops i mean there's so many places to go uh you've got we have people who learn coding afterwards and they found that was their passion right so um yeah i think that's really for, for me the, the the story is you got to give this a shot just take take a listen we've got a great team working on it and just uh you know give them give them 30 minutes of your time right Wow. Well, yeah, what a great way to start the journey. And I'm excited that CompTIA has, has stepped up and taken such an active role in this. And Amy, the work that uh, you're doing with the Department of Labor is fantastic. So uh, really excited to see these opportunities build and you know help our future technology workforce. So uh, thank you both for being here today and being a part of our BizTech podcast. And we look forward to seeing you know, the success of the apprenticeship programs going forward. Thanks so much, Gary. We're looking for a win-win, you know, something that mm -hmm. really helps a company at the same time it helps someone get into tech and helps our industry solve the skills gap. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. Everyone have a great day. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the CompTIA BizTech podcast. For more information on CompTIA membership, communities, and councils, visit comptia.org membership. If you enjoyed this podcast, the greatest compliment you can give us is subscribing, sharing, and liking the broadcast.